Well, you just ruined this intro. So, how are you? I got to do this in my office, which I haven't done in my office in a while. <clears throat> my office is the one with the squeaky chair. I love squeaky chair. That's super, uh, but, that's super fun to edit out later. But I got to turn it to the right place for it to be squeaky. I can tell when you get like bored with what you're doing because you start rocking back a lot more. And uh, yeah, it's just, yeah, it's all from there. Yeah. Yeah. What can you tell now? <laughs> <laughs> You're a nice person. <laughs> okay, so uh, anyways, you know how basements uh, have uh, the egress windows? Yeah. So you can have yeah, the fire escape windows right, that the, they have. I don't want to die in. down here windows, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know, that any house before the built in the 90s didn't have. Right, because it didn't matter. So anyways, we've got those. <laughs> And that's good. Uh, and there's a, a grate over it. Well, I guess when was it? Was it Sunday morning? Sunday morning. It was Sunday morning. I'm sitting here at uh, 8:45, and I get a phone call from Joy, and I'm like, hmm, okay. And she's like, uh, so there's a bunny that's trapped in the Aww. in the egress when window well. And it was like a little baby bunny fell through the grate. Like she's like, what can you do? I tried to go out there and pull up the grate, and I was like, uh, you can't because you can't pull up the grate. That's the whole point of the grates. Like, you can't get in. You have to go. They're escape grates. Right. They're not robber grapes. Grates, right? So she's like, well, what should I do? I was like, well, I don't know. You can wait for me, or uh, I bet if you just pop out the screen because those are egress windows, just pop out the screen. You could grab the bunny. Right. Not not a big deal. Right. She's like, oh, I didn't even think of that. Okay. I get a text five minutes later Uh-oh. that reads, the bunny escaped. The kids chased it down in the basement. It is now in the wall. <laughs> 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 There's a little hole that it got into the wall. That is it. So the, <laughs> is is it is it dead? <laughs> <laughs> no, so actually, I uh, uh, we got it. Like, That's it came good. out. Yeah, it came out uh, five hours later, and I was able to catch it. And we have actually this bunny hutch uh, that, oh, let's put the bunny in there. And uh, it spent the night in the bunny hutch, and, uh, you know, Nazareth named it uh, Crazy Horse. Because nice. um, he just learned about Crazy Horse, the Native American, so that was cool. Yeah. And then uh, he was holding it the next morning and dropped it, and it ran away. So he was really sad. It's pretty sad. <laughs> is it, did it run? Does it run back to the wall? Uh, no, this was outside. We took him outside, okay. so he's he's not in the wall. That's good, I guess. <clears throat> All right. You ready to help out? No. Yeah, you're all about this one. <laughs> you. Kn- don't you've preached on this for seven years? What have you preached on? I don't want to steal your thunder here. I'm going to play dumb to this one. Don't play dumb. You got it. This you is yours. Know. This is the one you've been itching to do. This is the reason that you picked parables. Yeah. It's so you could not talk about ex- this. Not too excited about it now. Why? <laughs> I don't know. This is how I be. It's going to be good. Uh, well. All right.
Wait, hold on. Hold on. Let's make sure I'm recording. That'd be good. Are you recording? I'm recording. I'm recording. All right. Hi, Internet. We're the Uncultured Saints. I picked this moment to start talking because Pastor Lietzow is drinking and can't talk to you, except now he can. Say hi. <laughs> they, can't, they can't hear you drink. Sorry, I took another sip of coffee there. It was worth it. Hey, how you guys doing? Good. Good. All right. I don't even know. Where do you want to go with this? Well, I don't know. We could dive into dive into the parable right away. There's a lot to do with this parable. It's an important um, parable. And I, yeah, it's all about stewardship. It's really good. <laughs> really bad stewardship, though. I mean, like horrible stewardship. I don't even know what parable we're talking about. No. Okay. I feel like we should with, start uh, the whole it, thing over. Luke 16. All right. Are we just rolling with this? It's yeah, ugly. of course we it's are. It's ugly. It's uncultured. This is us. Yeah, all right. Yeah. Luke 16. Can I read Luke it? Luke 16. Go for it. Luke 16. Read all the way to uh, uh, verse 17. Perfect. If you, if you can. I'll try my best. Jesus also said to the disciples, there was a rich man who had a manager, and charges were brought to him that this man was wasting his possessions. And he called him and said to him, what is this that I hear about you? Turn in the account of your management, for you can no longer be manager. And the manager said to himself, What shall I do since my master is taking the management away from me? I am not strong enough to dig, and I am ashamed to beg. I have decided what to do so that when I am removed from the management, people may receive me into their houses. So, summoning his master's debtors one by one, he said to the first, How much do you owe my master? And he said, A hundred measures of oil. He said to him, Take your bill, sit down quickly, write fifty. And he said to another, How much do you owe? And he said, A hundred measures of wheat. And he said to him, Take your bill, write 80. And the master commended the dishonest manager for his shrewdness. For the sons of this world are more shrewd in dealing with their own generation than the sons of light. And I tell you, make friends for yourselves by means of unrighteous wealth, so that when it fails, they may receive you into the eternal dwellings. One who is faithful in very little is also faithful in much. And one who is dishonest in a very little is also dishonest in much. If, then, you who have not been faithful in the unrighteous wealth, who will entrust you the true riches? And if you have not been faithful in that which is another's, who will give you that which is your own? No servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. And the Pharisees, who were lovers of money, heard all these things, and they ridiculed him. And he said to them, You are those who justify yourselves before men. But God knows your hearts, for what is exalted among men is an abomination in the sight of God. The law and the prophets were until John. Since then, the good news of the kingdom of God is preached, and everyone forces his way into it. But it is easier for heaven and earth to pass away than for one dot of the law to become void. This is the word of the law. Lord. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. It's the word of the law. The word of the law. I did say that thing. (laughs) Oops. So I feel like this is like one of those parables uh, that's just self-explanatory, right? Right. It's just. I, I mean, just. I think I should steal from people, and Jesus will like it because the law does not pass away, which tells me not to steal. Exactly. So it makes perfect sense. <clears throat> no, this is uh, to be perfectly honest. This is one of one of those parables uh, that it it's just. It's just mind-boggling, and it really has to be. Um, I remember the first time that it came about 
And the so when the one year lectionary comes about every year, but uh, it's great. Yeah, for the three year lectionary, which I which I like and prefer, uh, you got to wait. Is it like three years? Every three years, yeah. I think it's C. I think it's when you go through. Obviously, when you go through Luke, and I remember the first time it came up, and I was a, a new pastor, and it came up, and I was like, "There's, I, I'm, I'm not doing it. I'm good. I'm." What's the Old Testament lesson? Yeah. What's What's the epistle? Uh, give me the Psalm, the introit. I'll do anything other than this, because um, I'm, I'm just gonna ruin it. Because I know I'm gonna try and preach something about stewardship. And it's going to be horrible. And I don't even know how to make the text talk about stewardship um, because it Still doesn't. from the church, it will go away <laughs> for you. Exactly. So, it's, it's, so it seems like it's the hardest parable out there. Uh, it's Actually, it's a piece of cake uh, when, when you uh, get down to it. Well, but you kind of have to check um, some assumptions at the door, right? Okay, so meaning what? I'm pretty sure that God's a jerk. <laughs> um, I don't know where you're going with that, so I'm going to just let you go with that. I mean, so much of how we approach uh, our Lord is that he's miserly. So much of how we approach our Lord is that we have to rip from his hands every good thing that he would ever want to give us in the first place. Even though he sent his son to die for us on the cross long before we could ever ask him, he gives us our daily bread, even to evil people who would have nothing to do with him. But we pray in this petition that he would lead us to realize this, that we would receive our daily bread with thanksgiving. Still, despite all of these things, we're pretty sure that that God's not very generous. I think that shapes how we we've, we see this parable. What do you think? <sighs> yeah. I yeah, definitely. Um, we see this parable. Well, okay, hold on. The, through our sinful eyes, right, um, and, and much how we we uh, initially through uh, our fallen flesh eyes view all of the parables, we want to be able to get some sort of moral or ethic out of it, right? That that's again, that's where the we initially go, <clears throat> Every time. or that's where. Yeah, or that's where society will go, right? Uh, and, and we spoke about this uh, with the parable of the Good Samaritan. That's the easiest one, right? Parable of the Good Samaritan or, or whatever the case may be. There's this moral ethic that we can get to. You can't find a moral ethic in this parable. It just, let's, just, let's just go through this, moral, uh, this, this parable trying to find uh, the moral ethic, trying to find the stewardship route, trying to find uh, something that I can teach my kids on how they can be a better person, citizen, or worker. Because <clears throat> I can't. I can't. I can't teach my kids. I can't use this parable to teach my kids any of that. Right. Right? Because you got this guy uh, who's evidently been slacking so he's got to turn in his work to show that he hasn't been slacking uh but the guy knows that he's been slacking because he doesn't just go turn in his work right he's gonna go and he's gonna cook the books and he's gonna cook the books for for what reason because he knows he's gonna get canned he's gonna get fired and when he gets fired the people that he's cooking the books for can help him out that's that's not an ethical way about being a worker at all, right? There's not a lot of, yeah. <laughs> there's, there's nothing you could do with that. Okay, so fine. Uh, then you get to the point where you're expecting 
the the uh, not the manager. You're expecting the rich man, right? You're expecting the rich man to come down like to, a ton of bricks uh, when he comes. Find out. Yeah. I want some exactly. punishment for the thieves. Just there's got to be. And what happens? The rich man says, uh, "Wow, well done. You're 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 very shrewd." Or I think the Greek is actually closer to uh, wise. I don't think it's Sophia, though. I think it's a, another word for, for wise. Uh, but I'm not wise enough to know that right off the top of my head. Um, <clears throat> but it's this, uh, it's it's not so much shrewd, but it's this, this kind of wisdom sort of thing. Uh, he tips his hat to this guy and says, well done. Which, again, just makes it completely and utterly mind-boggling what's going on here like this is a, a complete mystery it has to be because none of this is making sense and none of this would happen in the real world right mm-hmm. yeah okay. it's just this isn't how things are supposed to work um which i know is what we're supposed to start looking for in the parable um but i i, I mean it, it's it's a frustrating thing because what well we we would expect the the same rules to apply in the parable at least like i i understand um that this uh this this might express a kingdom of God that's that's a different understanding in terms of mercy, but this seems to altogether disregard the Decalogue. This seems to altogether disregard uh, the, the basic morality of the Ten Commandments. Yeah, two two episodes ago, uh, we had a a parable, and and even though there was the mystery of the forgiveness of sins, it still made sense. Well, there were right? still sins being uh, forgiven because they were called there sins. Was, they weren't commanded. Exactly. There's, yeah, there's this guy who uh, had, uh, what was it, uh, a, a billion quadrillion dollars. That was accurate, was, yes. uh, Yeah, was forgiven him. Uh, and then he doesn't forgive a, a couple hundred bucks. And, and you could just see that right off the bat. You're like, well, yeah, that doesn't make sense. Uh, he should do that. And I understand why he's in prison now. This of all the... Of all the parables, at least from my perspective, when I have parishioners talk about it or ask about it, this is the one that makes the least amount of sense in, in every way, shape, and form. Even if they're they're told to look for Jesus, they don't know where in the world Jesus is here. <clears throat> and if they're not told to, to look for Jesus, they can't make heads or tails of this ethically or, or morally. All right, so there's a, there's a master, right? So that's probably God, right? Well, now you're just jumping ahead. Well, I'm sorry. <clears throat> uh, let, let's go back around in circles. Is stealing wrong, Pastor? <laughs> <laughs> Depends on the situation. Oh, okay. Uh. <laughs> no, but okay. I think where we need to actually begin, and this is uh, this is paramount, I think, in, in my perspective, is verse uh, verses 14 and 15. In order to kind of understand what why Jesus is saying this parable, we need to understand verse 14 and 15. So verse 14 and 15 say, the Pharisees who were lovers of money heard all these things and they ridiculed him, ridiculed Jesus. And Jesus said to them, you are those who justify yourselves before men, but God knows your hearts. For what is exalted among men is an abomination in the sight of God. So to set up the whole situation here, Jesus is telling this this parable, and he he turns and he's telling it directly to his disciples, right? That's what verse 1 in chapter 16 says. But if you get the whole context of this parable, you got to also realize that he's not just talking to his uh, disciples alone in a house. Like what happened right before this parable? 
it was the parable of the lost sheep and the lost coin and the prodigal son, right? Mm -hmm. And in that whole area, there were tax collectors and there were sinners and there were scribes and there were Pharisees. It seems as if Jesus is in a public place and he's saying all of these parables. Specifically, he's saying the parables of the lost sheep and the lost coin and the prodigal son to the tax collectors and to the sinners. And yes, Pharisees hear this too, because you're that uh, second eldest son and the prodigal son. And then he tells this parable. And then right after that, he's going to tell the rich man and Lazarus. Now, all of those ones, rich man and Lazarus, lost son, lost coin, lost sheep, those are all about what? Redemption, forgiveness of sins, bringing back from death to life, right? Would it make sense that right in the middle of that, Jesus stops to tell us a parable about stewardship? That he stops to tell a parable about, I don't know, anything other than life and death and salvation and forgiveness of sins? You always want to talk about everything that. Sur- everything surrounding this parable, literally surrounding this parable in the book of Luke, is talking about forgiveness of sins, life and salvation, these sorts of things. I have to believe that this is doing the same thing. All right, so you're making a compelling case, but then you might actually have to say that Jesus is preaching mercy to the people who need to hear it for their sins. Um, But you still got this issue where the master's commending the dishonest manager. Yeah. So, okay. So we've got, again, with 14 and 15, uh, you've got the Pharisees, and they're they're, uh, eavesdropping, right? Because Jesus is telling this parable to his disciples, to his apostles. And the Pharisees are eavesdropping. I have to believe that Jesus knows that they're eavesdropping. Just because he's God? That, but also, it's like... It's like in the Sermon on the Mount. There's certain times where he, you know, he's, he's surrounded by thousands of people, but he's but he turns specifically to, you know, the disciples to the apostles. It, even though he knows that there's people around who are going to hear this, right? So he's he's stage whispering. Yeah, which is the problem because then you get blessed are the cheesemakers, and all of that. Because <laughs> um, yeah, people are too far away and they can't hear what's being said. He needs said. to enunciate. Yeah. Um, But so you've got these Pharisees who are overhearing this parable. And I think Jesus specifically tells this parable uh, to the the apostles for one purpose. And then also knowing that the Pharisees are going to hear it and misunderstand it and make fun of him and ridicule him for the other. Now, yes, they are lovers of money, but it's more than that they're lovers of money. Uh, because I think it's this, they're lovers of mammon. They're lovers of stuff. They're lovers of the things that make sense. <clears throat> I want to almost go, and I know that, that I've, I've had conversations with different pastors who have an issue with this. Um, but I want to go that they're, what Jesus is saying here is more than <clears throat> you can't serve both God and money. You can't serve both God and mammon. But it's also... You have to have the proper understanding of salvation here. Because whereas we're, we're speaking specifically about these, uh, these Pharisees making fun of Jesus uh, for talking about a parable that uh, has uh, a thief being commended. <clears throat> yeah, they're making fun of him for that because they love money, but it goes deeper than that. 
they have this proper understanding of right and wrong. What they think is right and wrong. They have this proper understanding of uh, you're telling this parable, you're telling this story in, in public that's supposed to be uh, making sense to everybody, and it doesn't because you've got a thief being commended. And that doesn't make sense. What doesn't that make sense to? That doesn't make sense to the law. Because like you said, this doesn't, uh, this doesn't jive with the Decalogue. It doesn't jive with the Ten Commandments. It doesn't jive with the Seventh Commandment, right? Don't steal. <clears throat> well, why are we why are we even talking about the don't steal thing? Because it's bad. Well, yeah, <clears throat> and this is the problem with the uh, with this can't be a stewardship parable because the guy isn't giving his own money away. Whose money is he giving? Oh away? man, he's trading on the master's name. Like he he's giving away the master's money. This has this is a problem because he, he's writing checks with somebody else's income. Exactly. So that's, and, and I think that's why we, uh, well, I, I'm, I'm almost positive. That's why we can't turn this into some sort of stewardship sermon or stewardship Bible study. Not with that attitude. Or any, no. Well, we could do it. But no, if I want to teach my kid, uh, my, my uh, oldest son about uh, stewardship, um, I'm not going to tell him to go into his brother's piggy bank in order to bring $5 to the church. And put it in the offering plate. No, right? but when you teach your kid about stewardship, don't you slip him a bill and you're like, hey, give this? No. I, I teach my kid uh, the, uh, the things that they've actually earned through, their, uh, through the working around the house. Oh, uh, that, so yeah. you take that which you have, you have built and you present it to God and you're like, here, love me. Yeah, why are you being a jerk? This is what I do. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I actually, I slip my kid a bill and I say, hey, give this to the Lord um, to teach stewardship simply because like, dude, this was never yours to begin with. Um, you just get to be a part of something here. And, and you know what? Next week, I'm going to slip you another one. It's, don't worry so much about this. All right, so you're better than I am at stewardship. <laughs> <laughs> well done, Pastor Harrison. That's not my point, and you're trying to prove uh, that this is a stewardship parable. So I'm just going to back off, and now you can drive this ship to a stewardship parable. I don't think it's a stewardship parable. I, I think it's a question of whether or not God's merciful. I, I truly do. Yes. Um, and it's the same thing. Either you are, are trading on your works and your name, or you're trading on the idea that somebody above you might want to be generous and might continue to want to yes. be generous. That's the whole point of stewardship, and, and that's honestly the whole point of this parable. Like, what if God wasn't a miserly jerk uh, and wanted to be generous? That, that radically changes everything here, right? I, I think it does. And I think that's, we, we've got to get to the point where we see the, the rich man commending uh, the steward, the shrewd steward, the dishonest manager, and that's the most surprising thing at all. It's not even surprising that <clears throat> this guy was a slacker and that he's stealing money from, from his boss. What's surprising is that at the end, the guy's commended for it. So we got to figure out why he's commended for it. Um, and I think the only thing that makes sense of why he's commended for it is like you said, the rich man likes what has happened. <clears throat> Which is why the Pharisees ridicule this whole parable. 
because this this parable makes no sense according to the law at all. This guy should be thrown in jail. And all of the people who owed debts to the rich man should be forced to pay that debt in full. That's what the law says, right? The law says <clears throat> you incurred this debt, you pay back the debt. The law says you stole money from me, you go to jail. And none of that's happening here, right? <clears throat> In fact, the exact opposite's happening and something's being someone's being commended for this. So I contend here all the way back at the beginning when you see that uh, it, in verse 1, right? There was a rich man who had a manager and charges were brought to him that this man was wasting possessions. <clears throat> you don't even know if this man is wasting possessions or not. There's, there's charges that this man is wasting possessions. Well, but he goes and does it. Um... Does he, though? Because he gets commended for that. So it's my contention that if charges were being wasted beforehand, or if they're just being wasted afterwards, uh, that's the exact thing that the rich man wanted to happen. Oh, see, I, I was going to go the other way and say the thing that was going to get him fired in the first place was that he was being miserly in the master's name. The, the wasting of the possessions meant that the, the manager was actually supposed to be giving them out, was actually supposed to be merciful with God's gifts, that, that um, God in his mercy would, would sort of say, here's daily bread and it will be abundant. Don't hoard it. Don't take on three days worth of manna because that's going to rot. Give it away. More will be given to you. Relax because I am a merciful God. And the manager was like, yeah, but what if he's not? And he, he was miserly with it. He withheld it. He didn't actually do the things he was supposed to do. And the reason the master was so upset about it was simply that the manager was uh, making the master look like a god of law instead of a god of gospel. I think maybe we could go there, but I, I, I want to go someplace Do else. <clears throat> I want to say that this guy, uh, these were false charges. The manager comes up and says, okay, prove to me. Show me the ledger. <clears throat> Let's see. All along, the guy actually wants the ledger uh, to be to be full of red. The rich man wants this to happen. He wants to be able to pay off this light. The only thing that matters, it appears to me, in this whole entire parable, is that the ledger is, is forgiven. There's red in the ledger and that it's turning to black. That's the whole thing that makes sense in this. Or it doesn't make sense. That doesn't make sense. That's the gospel. But that's that's what we get to. That's the most important thing. That the rich man here uh, is happy and pleased when this takes place. So the thing is, the, the question is, is this man wasting possessions? Well, who are, who's bringing this charge? It's not the rich man. It's some in, in the parable. Who's bringing this charge, Pastor? Uh, it doesn't say. It just says charges it, were brought. We have, we have no idea. Charges were brought. It's my contention that if you play this out to the people listening to this whole parable, I think the people who are bringing these charges are the Pharisees. They're saying you're wasting the possessions here. You're, you're freely giving things out. You're, you're, you're being very gospel-y in your message here, <laughs> Jesus. 
right? Because you're talking about the forgiveness of sins. You're talking about how you've come to fulfill the law, that you're going to fulfill every jot and tittle, because as it says, not a single thing is going to be taken away from the law, mm -hmm. right? And you're talking about how you're doing all of this, and you're going to go out and you're going to uh, release debt. You're going to go out and you're going to wipe off somebody's debt over here, and then you're going to wipe off somebody else's debt over there. That's wasting possessions. The rich man's not going to like it. Jesus, you say that you are coming in the name of God. Well, God's not going to like the way that you're doing things. And that's how we think the whole time, right? That's how the, the Pharisees are talking about it. Because, yes, the law does say, do this, don't do that. The law does say, if you incur debt, then you are in trouble. The law says if you sin, then you are guilty of that sin, and the wages of sin is death, eternal death. This is what the law says. And here comes this guy who goes about just completely and utterly releasing debt willy-nilly, and he's commended for it. This is Jesus. I want to say that this, this guy, this shrewd, dishonest manager, much in the same way uh, back a couple weeks ago, when you were talking about how uh, the, uh, the guy who finds the treasure mm -hmm. and buries it in a field, okay. that's, a little, that's a little dishonest. It's not very nice. But that was Jesus, right? Here we've got this dishonest manager uh, who's apparently wasting possessions. It's not wasting possessions at all. I think, that, I think the rich guy wanted to see the ledger books and wanted to see exactly what this guy was doing. And when it turns out this guy was doing exactly the charges that were brought against him, but those were the right things to do, i.e. forgive debt. Be merciful. Be merciful. He's commended for it. <clears throat> That's the whole purpose. The rich man just wants ledgers to be, to be released, just wants debt to be released. So if God is actually insisting that, that uh, we be, um, that we receive mercy, not even that we be merciful, but simply starting with the notion that we receive mercy, that, that um, from that mercy would come everything else. Uh, you're saying then that, that as Jesus tells this parable, his contention is ultimately with the Pharisees who want to deal with things um, strictly according to what we have earned. Correct. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it's it's against. I mean, it's he's he's speaking this to the who, to his disciples, who inevitably they're going to be the church, who they're going to go out and proclaim this message of Christ crucified, forgiveness of sins, the gospel free and clear. And he's he's preaching this uh, parable against the Pharisees who are listening in, who are lovers of ma uh, money, lovers of mammon, lovers of the law unto salvation, lovers of. You get what you deserve. You get what you've earned. And Jesus is preaching completely against that. Yeah, I think you got it right on the head. Right. There. So when we talk about then unrighteous wealth, um, what we're talking about is, is a wealth that is not our righteousness to have. Um, that, in other words, you're talking about uh, a righteousness that you didn't earn, a righteousness that, that came unlawfully, uh, or not, not unlawfully because it was the fulfillment of the law, but not by your doing of the law. Yeah, and this is where it gets really tough and difficult because, and I think this is the beauty of the Gospels, and, and we see it in this parable more than anything else. 
if if the parables are about the mysteries and the mysteries are Jesus and Jesus is the forgiveness of sins in the gospel, um, then the gospel doesn't work perfectly to an A plus B equals C sort of scenario. And we see in this parable, I think more than anything else, where we're coming up to dead ends where it's like, wait a minute, that doesn't completely make 100% uh, sense. And, and this doesn't either. And But that's the gospel, I think. It's not supposed to be about what makes sense. It's supposed to be about mercy and love. What makes sense? The law always makes great kind of sense. Exactly. The, the gospel is, is, is a love. But I mean, at the same time, um, the world understands this too in a dim perspective um paul says that that we see dimly through the mirror um that that um nobody has kids because it makes their life easier anymore but we still have kids no um what if what if we actually just wanted to to have mercy poured out yeah it i I think the the mystery of this even even plays into uh the ridiculousness of of how the uh, the ledgers are rewritten in this story, right? Because uh, the the dishonest manager runs up to some guy and says, you owe 100 measures? Rewrite it and say 50. And then he goes to somebody else and says, you write, uh, you owe 100 measures? Rewrite it and say 80. Right? And so we sit there and we say, well, if this is the, about the forgiveness of sins, then shouldn't it be 100%? Because isn't that what the forgiveness of sins is? And if this is about the forgiveness of sins, shouldn't this, uh, shouldn't they be equal? None of that makes sense. And I think that's the exact point. That let's not take this as an A plus B, this perfect analogy that everything works exactly in this parable, how it works uh, in, in real life and how Jesus did this, right? Let's not make the analogy that uh, because the guy didn't uh, release the dead 100%, then that means he couldn't be Jesus. No, let's go with this whole, no, the guy's running around releasing debt and he's commended for it. And he's releasing debt in such a way that at the end of it, the logical, rational, lawful understanding says, nope, nope, that doesn't make sense. Nope, that can't be right. And we have to sit there and say, yep, exactly. That can't make sense. It's of the mysteries of the gospel. How, how are my sins forgiven? On the cross. It's a mystery. On the cross, which is a complete and utter mystery. Yeah. It's it's a gospel mystery where I have to, if I try to rationalize the cross, I'm going to get to a really bad place. If I try and make sense out of the cross, complete 100% sense out of the cross, it's not going to be a good place where I end up. Either I'm going to end up with a, a cross that, that, that can't actually fulfill uh, uh, what it's promised, or I'm going to end up in a place where uh, the cross doesn't actually uh, mean atonement. And both of those places are wrong. The cross is Jesus for me. My debt paid out. My debt released. And you know what? On the cross, God says, wow, well done to his servant, to his dishonest manager, who's taken sins that aren't his own and released them on the cross. And he commends him. Well done. This is my son whom I love. Good stuff. With him I am well pleased. Good stuff. Do you want to... Do you want to talk then about sort of the the stuff that Jesus says in between those two things then? Uh, The one who is faithful with very little is also faithful in much. 
one who is dishonest in very little is also dishonest in much. And if you then who have not been faithful in the unrighteous wealth, who will entrust you to the true riches? And if you have not been faithful in that which is another's, who will give you that which is your own? I, I think we, we, we could. It might be another 20 minutes if we, if we dissect them all, and I don't think people are going to want that. I think in that section right there, so, so starting in verse 10 on till uh, verse 13, I think now he's, he's uh, removed himself from speaking in the parable itself, right? The, the parable has come to an end. And now he's kind of talking again to his apostles and, yeah, to the ears of the Pharisees as well. But he's really talking about, okay, this is what you're going to go out and be doing, right? Uh, you're going to be doing this forgiveness of sin stuff. You're, you're going to be given the mysteries of the kingdom to give out. I, I think that's what this is all about. So he's referencing the, the apostles. He's also referencing to the, the, the Pharisees as well, those who are not worthy to actually give out what they're what they were supposed to be giving out the whole time the pharisees were supposed to be giving out this mercy and grace from god so you're telling me just the whole thing starts with god being merciful and the whole thing hinges on the gospel and not the law i the entire thing is about the forgiveness of sins dope from beginning to end and and those who don't understand the forgiveness of sins um and specifically here, I think it's he's speaking about the Pharisees, right? The Pharisees want to tie everybody to uh, to the law, uh, to the law unto salvation. Let's put it that way, because um, that's what makes sense. But I think Jesus is like, hey, as religious leaders, it it was your responsibility to teach the people and proclaim the people the gospel of the forgiveness of sins, and you've lost that. You're not worthy. To, to, to do this any longer. I'm going to go to the cross and then I'm going to give this to these smelly fishermen to go and proclaim. <laughs> that's who's going to proclaim the gospel. And yeah, that doesn't make sense at all. But that's who's going to do it. A tax collector and a bunch of fishermen. Deal with that, Pharisees. I like it. <laughs> I don't know. I probably made somebody mad at this one. I hope so. Yeah, me too. <laughs> All right, you got anything? No, I... Uh, I don't know. Did I make sense? Yeah, I just kind of wanted to sit back. You said you, that you were driving this ship, and so it was nice to just kind of sit at your feet and learn. So so thank you very much. That was awesome. No, oh, well, okay. Hopefully it made some sense. All right, are we out? I think so. Peace. Reluctantly crouched at the starting line, engines pumping and thumping in time. The green light flashes, the flags go up, churning and burning. They yearn for the cup, they deathly maneuver and muscle for rank. Fuel burning fast on an empty tank, reckless and wild. They pour through the turns, the prowess is potent and secretly stern. As they speed through the finish, the flags go down, the fans get up and they get out of town. The arena is empty, except for one man still driving and striving as fast as he can. The sun has gone down and the moon has come up, and long ago somebody left with the cup. But he's driving and striving and hugging the turns and thinking for someone for whom he still burns he's going the distance he's going for speed